大家好 and welcome to the A Thousand Lives broadcast, the go-to podcast for all things related to Christian missions in China. This is Austin, your host and missionary to China with Vision Baptist Missions and the Vision for China team. For more information about Vision Baptist Missions, the Vision for China team, and how to take the first step on your path to making Jesus famous in China, head on over to visionforchina.org. That is v-i-s-i-o-n-f-o-r-c-h-i-n-a dot o-r-g. There you'll also find a slew of resources to aid you in both sharing the gospel with Chinese friends, as well as to help you encourage others to give their lives to making Jesus known in China. Well, in last week's episode, we got a glimpse into the life of past missionary to China, Jonathan Goforth, and heard about his initial struggle to learn the Chinese language before the Lord intervened in a miraculous way. If you haven't given it a listen yet, I would certainly encourage you to do so. The story is a great reminder of the fact that though learning the Chinese language can be difficult, we should trust God to help Help us, knowing that he, the Lord, can use us and wants to use us to advance his name in China. Now, my initial plan for this week's episode was to tell a story from the life of C.T. Studd that highlights the flip side of language learning. However, I realized that Chinese New Year is fast approaching, and I think it would be exciting to hear a bit about the Chinese New Year holiday and share one of the legends related to it and how it pictures the gospel. That might sound a bit far-fetched, but let me assure you that you'll want to listen in and hear how there is a picture of the gospel built into Chinese culture. Now, if my calculations are correct, this particular podcast will be published on Monday, February the 8th, 2021. And this year, in 2021, Chinese New Year falls on Friday, February the 12th. Americans may not be aware that this time of year is of very important significance to Chinese people for quite a few reasons. For starters, Chinese New Year, or Spring Festival, as it is often called, is the biggest yearly celebration for the vast majority of Chinese people around the world. Traditionally, on the eve of the New Year, families gather together for an exceptionally large and, more often than not, multi-course meal. When I was in China, for instance, we'd get together with my wife's family and have all sorts of different meat dishes. I am talking chicken, pork, fish, duck, beef, etc., etc., plus loads of soups and veggies and all of that. Of course, stir-frying different things together, mixing and matching your veggies and your meats and stuff. It was delicious. The homes around Chinese New Year are typically decorated in red leading up to the holiday, and there are usually quite a few things that must be quote-unquote new before the New Year as well. And by that, I mean that Chinese people will want to get a haircut. They'll want to buy new clothes and things like that right before the New Year. In fact, in the work and business worlds, big work projects and business deals try to wrap up before the new year. It truly is a time of finishing up things so that something new can begin. Besides the big meal on New Year's Eve, there are also all sorts of other celebrations, many of which will involve fireworks and firecrackers. Then, beginning New Year's Day and continuing on through the first few days of the new year, it's very common for families and friends to do what is called bainian, bainian, which just means to pay a visit to each other's homes to sort of ring in the new year. If there are children in the home, the guests will typically bring these red envelopes stuffed with money to give the kids as a gift. And at least in southern China, where I live, people would sit around the coffee table, or really, I guess they would call it a tea table, 
and eat snacks and catch up on the happenings from over the course of the previous year. It's during that time that the elders in a family are notorious for asking their children or grandchildren who are home on college break whether or not they have a boyfriend or girlfriend as well as ask newlyweds how much longer until they intend to have their first child. As you could probably imagine, there is a lot more involved in Chinese New Year than can be condensed into a single episode of our broadcast, so I'd like to spend our time this week honing in on one particular aspect of Chinese New Year, and that is the legend of the Nian Monster and how it has influenced even modern Chinese New Year decorations. You won't believe just how similar it sounds to a picture of the gospel found in the Bible. Now, before jumping into the legend of the Nian monster, I'd like to take a minute to highlight the Chinese region of the week, which is Gansu province. Gansu is located in northwest China and is home to over 25 million people. The capital city of Gansu is called Lanzhou, which is well known in China for its hand-pulled noodles and halal cuisine. Many of China's Muslims reside in and around Gansu, and so halal food is quite prevalent there. Duanhuang, a city located in Gansu province, was an important stop on the Silk Road, an ancient trading route that connected Europe and Asia. Then there's the Yellow River, an extremely important river throughout much of Chinese history, which also flows through Gansu province. People have been traveling through this province on the Yellow River and the Silk Road for centuries. Unfortunately, however, despite all the merchants that have traveled through this province year after year bringing their language and their culture with them. The gospel message has only been told by very very few. According to a 2012 survey, Christians only comprise about half of 1% of the population of Gansu province. Please pray for people in Gansu province to hear the gospel. In fact, brother, would you pray that God would raise up laborers to take the gospel to Gansu? Will you pray about giving your life to making Jesus famous in Gansu? Long, long ago, in ancient China, there was a village by the sea which faced a great terror year after year. Each year, toward the beginning of spring, a ferocious monster known as the Nian Shou, or Nian Monster, would come out of the sea to terrorize the village and eat the children. Each year, in preparation for his arrival, the villagers were left with no choice but to pack their belongings and attempt to flee for the mountains when they knew it was about time for the monster to return. This would go on year after year. Spring would draw near, the people would pack up and attempt to flee for the mountains, and the Nian Monster would arrive to wreak havoc on the village village and eat any children among the straggling families. This quickly became a dreaded time of year for the villagers. Each year, like clockwork, the hope of spring was always overshadowed by the threat of fear, death, and hopelessness brought on by this Nian monster. Then one year, just before it was time to pack up and flee, an old man appeared in the village. He was well advanced in years, with gray hair atop his head and a walking staff in his hand. The old man informed the village that the Nian monster could be stopped, and they no longer needed to flee in fear. He instructed the villagers to decorate their homes with the color red, explaining that the Nian monster feared the color red and dared not approach anything adorned with the color. In fact, the best way to prevent the Nian monster from entering one's home was to paste red 
red paper around the frame of the doorway. Upon seeing the red paper, the old man assured the villagers the Nian monster would certainly not enter that particular home. The old man added that the Nian monster also despised loud noises and bright lights, so he instructed the people to light firecrackers and shoot fireworks to scare away the beast. The villagers were a bit skeptical of the old man, but decided to give his solution a try. After all, it was stressful needing to pack up and flee to the mountains each year. So, doing as the old man instructed, each family in the village fashioned red paper couplets in Chinese called Doilian and pasted them on either side of the entrance of their homes as well as over the tops of the doorways. Once these paper couplets were affixed to the door frames of their respective homes, they readied firecrackers and fireworks to ward off the monster and boarded themselves in their homes waiting to see if the old man's advice would do the trick. The yearly fateful night arrived, just as expected, and the Nian monster came up from out of the sea and headed for their village. The people were nervous and hoped that their new defense would work. The Nian monster drew closer to the village and began going from house to house, stopping at each doorway. He would pause at each home and upon noticing the red paper doilian around the doors would hurriedly pass over that home and dart onto the next. The people began to muster the courage to peer out of their windows and were overjoyed to see that so long as their homes had the red paper fixed around their entranceways, the Nian monster wouldn't dare enter. It worked. Their children were spared from being eaten, and what's more, they didn't even need to attempt to flee to the mountains. With the red paper around their doors, the Nian Shou, or Nian Monster, would simply pass over them and spare their children. Overjoyed, the people began to light firecrackers and fireworks to scare the Nian Monster away and back into the sea. That worked too. Hearing the loud bangs and cracks of the firecrackers coupled with the bright flashes of the fireworks, the Nian Shou retreated to the sea from which it came, guaranteeing that the village children were all free to live another year. Legend has it that the story of this village and the wise advice of the old man have been passed down throughout Chinese history, even to the modern day, where people still paste red paper to their doors each year and light firecrackers and fireworks to commemorate the passing over of the Nian monster. In fact, the Chinese word for year is Nian, which is the same word used for the name of the Nian monster. And one of the ways to say Chinese New Year in the Chinese language is Guonian, or the passing of the Nian, or you could simply say Passover. Friends, I think by now anyone familiar with the Old Testament story of the Exodus has already noticed the amazing parallels found between the legend of Chinese New Year and the biblical story of Passover. Is it not fascinating to think that somehow a form of the Passover story, albeit somewhat distorted, has been preserved in Chinese culture for hundreds if not thousands of years? The Lord has done an amazing thing to preserve an element of the truth of needing to be under the blood of the lamb to be saved, even within Chinese culture. You could say that their culture has this built-in gospel presentation that we as Christians can use and utilize to share with them the story of Passover found in Exodus 12, as well as the story in the New Testament that it points to, the story of the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. Friends, unfortunately, many Chinese people, while familiar with the legend of the Nian monster, know nothing of the story of Passover and know nothing of Jesus Christ and his blood that was shed for them. We as believers, friends, know that Jesus alone is the way of salvation. We know him to be the way, the truth, 
and the life. We know that there is salvation in none else. We know that without the shedding and application of His blood, there is no remission of sin. Friends, I would remind you that He, Jesus, has entrusted us that have experienced His grace and mercy in our lives with the task of preaching that gospel to others. He certainly could have chosen for angels to get the gospel message out. He could have chosen to have the rocks cry out. He could have chosen to tell lost people directly. He is God, and He, of course, could have done it any way He desires, and yet He, in His wisdom, has chosen to publish His glad tidings through us, His people. Friends, I speak to you today, just a few days out from Chinese New Year. We're just about three or four days away. If you were listening to this podcast episode on its day of publication, realize that in just three short days in China, millions upon millions of Chinese people will have pasted red paper doilian around the entranceways of their homes and will begin to have a meal to celebrate the passing over of the Nian monster. What is so tragic is that they don't realize that the only way to truly avoid the consequences of their sin is to be found under the blood of the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, which takes away the sin of the world, including the sins of Chinese people. What's so tragic is that most don't know who he is. They don't know the Lamb. They don't know Jesus. So many in China have never even heard. They have never even heard the name of Jesus Christ. Friend, I plead with you to pray for China. I beg you to regularly go before God in prayer and plead with Him to raise up more laborers for the country of China, to send forth more preachers to China who will boldly and unashamedly tell them of the Lamb who was slain for sin. Friend, I challenge you to not only pray for China, but to also consider giving your life to serve as a missionary in China. I challenge you to devote your life to doing all in your power to making Jesus and His sacrifice known far and wide throughout China. Friends, the Bible says in Revelation chapter 5, starting in verse 11, And I beheld, and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000, and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the sea and all that are in them heard I saying, Bless and honor and glory and power be unto him that sits upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. Jesus is worthy. Worthy is the Lamb. Friends, he is worthy of honor and glory and blessing. He is worthy of the honor and glory and blessing of the Chinese people who give their honor and glory and blessing to all sorts of other gods and all sorts of other things such as Buddha and Confucius and ancestors and fortune and wealth and health and prosperity, all because no one has told them about the lamb that was slain who alone is worthy of their praise. Brother, if you are 
are saved and redeemed by the blood of this lamb, why would you not give your life to making this lamb famous in China? Why would you not devote your all to preaching his glories among 1.4 billion people who need to hear that if they just trust in him and his death for them, his wrath and judgment will pass over them so that they can be spared? Brother, I challenge you to serve the Lord in China and make Jesus famous there. The sad reality is that there are more people in China who know the legend of the Nian monster than know the true Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. There are so many wonderful opportunities to preach Jesus and serve Him in China. Brother, if you want to take that next step toward China and learn how to continue on a path toward full-time ministry in China, reach out to us. You can email us at info at visionmissions.com. That is I-N-F-O at V-I-S-I-O-N-M-I-S-S-I-O-N-S dot C-O-M. Or email me personally at austin at reachingchina.org. That is A-U-S-T-I-N at R-E-A-C-H-I-N-G-C-H-I-N-A dot O-R-G. We'd love to talk to you about the next steps you can take towards preaching Jesus in China. Whether that next step be Bible training, ministry training, or language and culture training. It would be our joy to guide you on your path to making Jesus famous in China. Friends, as the Lord tells us in Revelation chapter 5, Jesus is worthy of glory. He is worthy of all glory from all people. In Chinese, they say, Yesu pei de rongyao. Jesus is worthy of glory. Yesu pei de rongyao. Yesu pei de Brother, would you consider giving your life to making Jesus famous in China? Jesus is worthy. Brother, will you use your life for His glory in China? If not you, then who? Well, this concludes today's episode of the A Thousand Lives broadcast. Be sure to tune in to next week's episode where I will, Lord willing, get to interview another missionary to China with Vision Baptist Missions and the Vision for China team. It's sure to be an exciting time as I just chew the fat with him and pick his brain a bit about why he is a missionary to China. You won't want to miss it. And after that interview, we should be back on track with an episode with a story from the life of C.T. Studd. Once again, remember to pray for Gansu province this week. Gansu is a northwestern Chinese province that is home to over 25 million people who need someone to come and share the good news of Christ with them. Will you pray for them? Will you pray for God to raise up more preachers to proclaim Yesu in Gansu? Thank you again for listening to the A Thousand Lives broadcast. This has been Austin, your host and missionary to China with Vision Baptist Missions and the Vision for China team. For more information about Vision Baptist Missions, the Vision for China team, and how to take the first step on your path to making Jesus famous in China, head on over to visionforchina.org. That is, again, V-I-S-I-O-N-F-O-R-C-H-I-N-A dot O-R-G. There you'll find a slew of resources to aid you in both sharing the gospel with Chinese friends as well as encouraging others to give their lives to making Jesus known in China. Well, until next time, 再见。